Welcome to the Grace Harbor Church Sermon Podcast. Grace Harbor Church is located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information, visit our website at ghokc.com. Hey, stand with us as we read the text today. Yeah, you just sat down. We're standing and back up. Psalm 1, uh, we're on page 448. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2. I'll give you just a second to get there because it'd be really good. Everybody have a copy of the Bible, either digitally or physically in your hands. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. This is what it says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Thank you, Lord, again for your word. Thank you that, um, again, that you speak to us through your word, um, and, that, and that we as, as a family, as the family of God, as the body of Christ, uh, Lord, are, are able to just work this out and walk this out in the context of, of other people, um, that we don't have to walk this path alone, um, that we don't, um, we, we, don't fully, we don't have to fully figure out what, what obedience and faithfulness looks like um, in isolated um, places, but, but we, we figure this all out and we, and we, and we practice these things um, in the context of a community that you have formed because of um, who you have called us to be in this world. Help us, Lord, to, to, to understand this. Lord, teach us what we need to know um, and, and, and help us to understand the things that we cannot understand. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay, now you can be seated and we're not gonna make you stand back up. Hey, I recently began uh, a habit um, in, in kind of my personal study time of just reading about five psalms per day. Um, some psalms are short, um, and so sometimes I can get 10 in. Some psalms are long, and so I don't read more than five um, or sometimes even more than one. I'm really trying to get into the practice of just kind of sitting in them um, and letting them sit on me because, hey, let's admit, if, let's, can we be honest in here? Is that okay, or do we have to put masks on? Is that okay? That's a weird time to say mask. No. Um, can we be real in here for just a minute? Um, not all the time do we just crave the word of God. Like we just, we don't just crave to be in the word of God. And so I think sometimes it's good for us just to be in it. Um, a lot of times you will hear us, you'll hear me say, hey, don't just read God's word, study it. Um, don't just read God's word, be moved by it. Hey, sometimes because of how limited we are, we're not moved by it. Um, and we don't, we don't crave it. But guess what? God simply just wants you to spend time with him. Isn't that amazing? God wants you to be in his presence. Um, one of the ways that we are in the presence of God is just in the word of God. So kind of a, a plug that if you haven't been in God's word for a while, get in it. Um, you don't have to understand all of it. You don't have to master it um, in any way. Like just, just be there in it. Let the Lord be with you and you be with the Lord. So um, commercial break is over. What reading through the Psalms has allowed me to do um, is, is just understand um, some of the, the different ways that God interacts with his people and the way that, that his people interact with him. And so um, I've read through the Psalms a time or two just over the last couple of months. And then I start back at the beginning and I'm, I'm pretty fascinated and gripped anytime I come to Psalm 1. It's an amazing way to start the book. 
Um, Psalm 1, if you've never read it or just sat on it for a minute, is a, is a really interesting thing. The, the brevity of it, the directness of it, um, and the promises that are present and contained in these quick six verses really have been a great source of instruction to me, both in its warnings and its promises. Like we're, we're gonna, if you read through all of Psalm 1, we're not gonna read it all or study it all today, but if you read through Psalm 1, you'll see that in it are contained promises and warnings. Um, it's, a, it's a way for us to see what it is that God is calling us to and what is it that God is calling us out of. Um, we, we talk about this a lot, that the, the Christian life is not just what we avoid, but by what, what we pursue. And there's a lot in this about what to avoid and what to pursue. And so what is particularly helpful about the Psalms, I believe, is the way that in the midst of whatever it is that you are experiencing in life, whatever it is that you're experiencing, whether you're experiencing joy, whether you're experiencing grief, maybe you're experiencing a particular, particularly fruitful season of, of worship, um, but you may be in a season of doubt. Hey, maybe you're just like in a season of like, I mean, I'm not sure even what I believe about God. I don't, I don't know what I believe about things. Maybe you're in a season of anger, like just everything makes you angry. We're gonna talk about that in just a little bit. But the Psalms continually help us to align ourselves with the heart of God. And so all of these emotions, all of these responses that, that I just listed are present in the book of Psalms. But over and over again, what the Psalms help us do is to align ourselves, to align our hearts with the heart of God. Um, and so as I've been thinking about, as we kind of bring it personal, and, and, and last week, hey, thanks for being here last week. Um, I know it was loud, I know it was crazy. Thank you for all of the encouragement from like, hey, you know, way to speak over like all the craziness. Um, it was, that was awesome, loved it. Um, but one of the things that we talked about last week was that we as a church, who we desire to be, um, who, what our identity as a people, specifically Grace Harbor is, is that we would be a family formed by the gospel on mission together. And so as I've been thinking about what it means to be a family formed by the gospel, it is, it's my desire to be as clear as we can on what exactly that means. Here's the deal. This identity as a church that we've, that we've kind of talked about and prayed over is, is not really just an idea or some sweet catchphrase. That we'd be a family formed by the gospel on mission together is not just, not, is not just theoretical to me. It is, it is truly my desire that Grace Harbor Church would be a family formed by the gospel on mission together. And so it is, it is this hope of mine that we would be a people dedicated Here's where this all ties in to Psalm chapter one, that we would be a people dedicated and that we would be ruthless even against being formed by the things that we are in danger of being formed by aside from the gospel. And, and, and here's the truth is that we've said this before, we're being formed by something, whether individually or as a church Something is forming your affections, something is forming your mind, something is forming your heart, no matter what it is. You, you think that scrolling through Facebook is just some passive experience for you, and it's not. It's, it's forming you. You're, like, they've admitted it. Like, if you've been keeping up with the news the last few weeks, they have admitted that, like, we are targeting you. The algorithm is, is targeting your heart and your mind and your affection. And so, my desire is that we would be a people collectively and individually that would realize that we are being formed by something and that it would be our greatest desire that we would be a people 
a family formed by the gospel. That's what that means, that that is what would identify us and define us. And so this, this hope and this desire that we would be a people, a family formed by the gospel has led me to the Psalms time and time again, particularly this, this first chapter. Historically, let's talk about the Psalms for a minute. Historically, the Psalms, they, they've been deeply and profoundly formative for the people of God. And so they've been useful and effective for facilitating and, and provoking worship among the people of God, right? I mean, Psalms is, kind of, is, a, is, a, is a worshipful book. Um, sometimes it's worship from despair. Sometimes it's, it's worship from joy. But it's, it has historically been a source of worship for the people of God. But it's also incredibly useful in teaching God's people God's redemptive story. Did you know that, did you know that Jesus is in the Psalms? You know that we can see Jesus, that there are, there are, there are foreshadowing and, and shadows of Jesus Christ in the Psalms? Did you know that Jesus referred to the Psalms? So Jesus himself was, a, was, a, was familiar with the Psalms and was familiar um, with them and himself was a worshiper. So the Psalms, especially this chapter, will help us begin to understand what a word-formed, gospel-formed people look like. We cannot miss what's going on here in Psalm 1, and 2, uh, 1, 1 and 2. Let's read it just one more time together. It says this, Blessed is the man, which, which by the way, if, if, you, if you're like, well, this is just for men. No, the original text um, refers to, to the one who, who follows the Lord. Blessed is, is the one. Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but... His delight is, in, delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. These verses begin with a powerful promise. Did you catch it? This begins with a powerful promise that there is blessing, that there is blessing promised to those who follow the path of righteousness. Who all loves a little bit of blessing, right? Like, hey, man, we just love, oh, Caleb's like, me, brother. We love blessing. In fact, as I was studying for this, um, I, I went to Instagram, speaking of social media and the algorithms that are targeting all of us, um, I went to Instagram and I typed in the hashtag blessed and 139 million posts popped up. We love blessing and we all have, um, we, we, we all have um, a, a lot of ideas um, and, and a lot of ways that we can believe that we are blessed, right? So I mean, like, you, you got like, you got like the 60-year-old dude that just retired on his pontoon boat, hashtag blessed, um, on Instagram. Then you got like the, like the 15-year-old girl who, you know, is eating some ice cream, hashtag blessed. Um, and, and so there's a lot of ways that we believe we can be blessed. There's a lot of ways within us that we desire to be blessed. We love blessing. And so we see here that, uh, that the one who delights themselves in the law and in the way of the Lord that's the way that we experience true blessing. We love blessing, and Psalm 1 says, there is a way to experience blessing, and that is to delight yourself in the Lord. We're gonna hear that over and over again in Psalm. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Here's how we should understand this particular use of the word blessing. Not hashtag, not um, any cultural way, but this is the way that we should understand the word blessing. Jesus 
uses this same word in Matthew chapter five. In fact, kind of what, some of what led me to Psalm one today is studying Matthew for, for the series that we're gonna begin through Advent and then head into next year with, it, with just studying through the book of Matthew. Jesus uses this word, the same word in Matthew chapter five in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, he says. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the, I'm gonna read through all of them. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful or the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Blessed here, surprisingly for you grammar geeks, um, is a plural word. When, when it's used here, when it's used in Matthew 5 and in Psalm chapter 1, it is, it's not just a singular blessing. It's not speaking about a, a singular blessing, but it is communicating being heaped upon with blessings. Blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And so it's not like, hey, if, if, you, if you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stay in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, like you're gonna get that new car. Like that's your blessing. That's, your, that's the seed that you sow and, and, and the thing that comes out of that. It's not a singular blessing. What blessing here in Psalm chapter one, what he's saying here is that if you want to experience the kind of satisfaction and the kind of joy that your heart really desires, and you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, you will, be, you will experience blessing upon blessing upon blessing. It's the only way to true satisfaction that, that you could ever experience in life. And so simply understood, this kind of blessing is a blessing of, ex, of experiencing true happiness. Some people would, would, uh, would translate this, happy are those who, content are those who. So this particular kind of blessing leads to the kind of joy that our hearts long for and that our souls desperately need. And as I've said this word already, it's better understood as a satisfaction. And you guys, you guys know what, what it feels like to be satisfied or, or to be dissatisfied with something, right? Like you kind of know what, what that spectrum is. I mean, when you're taking evaluations for like customer service, are you highly satisfied or highly dissatisfied? Um, and then, never mind, I was about to make a Hamilton statement because, no, never mind. Um, this is understood as satisfaction, that we will truly be satisfied when we delight ourselves in the law. And so this person that the psalm is describing is framed both negatively and positively. You see that in the text. And so verse one, this person is framed negatively. What is not, not like in a, they're not trying to like throw anybody under the bus, but they're just in a negative way. They're saying this is the consequence of walking in the counsel of the wicked or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of scoffers. But then positively, his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law, he meditates day and night. And so let us be very clear on what this Psalm and the rest of scripture teaches we are all on one of these two paths. We, we have to understand something. We are, we are all, if you are a person in this room right now, listen in, all of us are on one of these two paths. Here's what that means. There is no third path. Here's what that means. There is no middle ground in following Jesus. Like we follow Jesus with everything or we're not following Jesus. Now, we suffer and we struggle and we, we mess up all along the way. This is less connected with our proneness to being sinful people and, and more to our awareness that, that we are following Jesus 
or we are, we are not following Jesus. There is no third path. And here's the thing. We, we love middle ground, right? I mean, if, if, if you've ever dealt with a child before, like there's all sorts of negotiating that goes on, right? Like I'll meet you in the middle. And parents, it's really easy to sometimes like, okay, fine. This is not the case with what we see in Psalm chapter one, that we follow the Lord, that if we move on into Psalm, it says, he is like a tree planted. He's like a, a tree planted. We would be happy if following Jesus that we could do, uh, that if following Jesus was something we could do on our own terms. But the man who is walking or standing or sitting, which by the way, do you see the progression there? Look at the, look at the text who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers. And so like, it, it's just kind of got, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a visual person. And so I'm, I'm thinking about like this, this path that this person's on. Like they're just, they're walking along. They're walking along and they're, they're walking the counsel of the wicked. They're just kind of walking hand in hand. And then eventually they, they stop. Like if you've ever been in a conversation, I'm in a conversation, like you, you stop and you're like, okay, this is a really serious time. You, you just stop and you stand. And then the, the third, the third uh, there's not a chair up here, Man, I'm just gonna like sit down. I'm just gonna plant myself in the, in the, in the council and in the, in the seat of scoffers. There's a progression here. And I, I think that's intentional. There's a progression that, that, we would, that we would walk in the way and that we would stand and that we're growing a little bit more firm in our, in our not following the Lord. But the man who is this way, who, who is walking, standing and sitting in the presence and the council of the way that opposes the way of the Lord, they will not experience the deep and the lasting satisfaction that the man who delights and meditates upon God's promises will experience. There is a way to experience satisfaction and there is a way to continue to be dissatisfied. So if the first path positions the man walking in the council and the way of sinners and in the seat of scoffers, the second path positions the, the, the man to delight himself in the law of the Lord, meditating upon it, day and night. And so we could spend so much time here, but, but I wanna highlight here a way that we might understand the word delight, but he delights himself in the way of the Lord. Delight is not merely pleasure. Like it's not just like a temporal satisfaction. It's not a, it's not a temporal commitment to something. That's not what, what delight is. Rather, delight is something that brings to us something deep, and lasting satisfaction. And the law of the Lord, what this text is saying, that the law of the Lord, the word of God, is what produces this kind of desires in us. That his ways are for our good. One of the ways that Charles Spurgeon says this is that we are not under the law, but we are just in it. No one, no one wants to be, we're not under the law, are we? Because we are in Christ, amen? We're in Christ. We're not under the law, but the way that Spurgeon would, would frame this up for us is that we're not, we're not under the law, but we're, man, we're in it. Like we, we see the law of the Lord. Why does, why does the, the, the psalmist describe this? I mean, then you go to Psalm 19. You don't have to turn there, but, but Psalm 19 kind of speaks of the, of the law in similar ways. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. The testimony of the Lord is pure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and are righteous altogether. Hey, this is someone who, who is not under the law, 
This posture that we have are not people who are under the law, but who have been taken out from under the law because of what Christ has done for us. But we are people who are in his word, meditating upon his word, finding satisfaction in the word of God. And so this is what we must ask ourselves. Are we word-formed people? Are we word-formed, word-formed, two words, word-formed people? Or are we being formed by what this text warns us against? Are we being formed by, and so um, I'm going back to Spurgeon because I was, I was kind of studying him when, when um, I, was, I was looking at this. The tre- treasury of David is a great resource on the Psalms, but these are, these are three helpful ways in applying these things um, to our own lives. This is, what he, this is what he asks us. Are you being formed by the opinions of man? Are you being formed by the practical, pragmatic life? Or are you finding company and association with sinful people? Now, don't hear what I'm saying. Remember this, that Jesus dined with sinners. This does not mean that we don't associate ourselves, but this text does not mean that you can't sit around a table with a sinner. Hey, guess what? Jesus did that. In fact, a big chunk of the gospels is Jesus telling people why he is sitting at the table with sinners. And the reason why he's sitting at the table with sinners is because God loves sinners, God loves them. God loves you. You're little sinners. God loves us. God loves sinners. And so that's, don't hear what this text isn't, isn't saying. But there are actually many ways for us to consider what we are being formed by. And so let me ask you this. Hey, y'all, listen up. Here we go. We've got five minutes, I promise. This is, this is, I've got two pages of notes left, and that's it. I've made it through seven. So here we go. We've got two pages. Here's, here's what, I, here's what I, I want us to ask ourselves this morning. By the way, we've just not done even the slightest bit of justice to this text. We're flying through it. Let me ask you this. Is what you are reading, is what you are watching, is what you are listening to forming you more than God's word? Are, are, are the things that you're, you're reading or watching or listening to, are they forming you more than God's word? Let, let, me, let me give you a way to maybe answer that question. We're gonna kind of dig a little bit deeper. One of the ways, this is not the only way, but one of the way that we may be getting counsel from the wicked or, or, or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of scoffers is by, by being formed by things that don't enable us to be obedient to the other things that, that God says. And so one of, one of the ways that we, we can answer if what you're reading, watching, listening to is forming you more than God's word in a, on a real practical level is, are you more irritable? towards your brother or your sister or your neighbor than loving and charitable towards them? Like, that's one way that you can, you can again, man, just one in, in, a, in, in a pot of a million. That's one way that you may be able to answer the question of what are you allowing to shape you? Because here's the deal. If, if you are constantly listening or reading or viewing outrage the anger that is just spewed from the culture and the society and being formed by the opinions of man and you're growing colder and colder towards your brother. Can I just tell you something really profound that, that hit me in a, in a real way? That is not the Holy Spirit of God producing that in you. But something is producing that in you. you some, something is forming you. Something is producing that within you. And guess what? It is not the Spirit of God. 
Are you irritable? Are you angry? Are you unloving? Are you just, maybe not, maybe you're like, oh, well, I'm not any of those things. Like, are you easily annoyed? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a really hard question to answer. I mean, that's like, the littlest things can just, especially with my kids, y'all, like, come on. I just get, so I'm irritable and I'm annoyed. And if I'm not being formed by the word of God, and so, so what part of formation am I talking about here? Well, Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, guess what? If I'm being formed by outrage and anger, and it's causing me to not love my neighbor the way that Jesus would call me to love my neighbor, then I'm being formed by something that is either not the Spirit of God or is not in line with the Word of God. And so, if this is what's in you, which it's in all of us, by the way, we're gonna get to some good news here in a little bit. If this is heavy, we're gonna get to some good news. But if that's what is in you, then you may be who this psalm is describing. You may be who this psalm is describing. Now, here's some good news. This isn't, this isn't the good news. Here's some good news. We're gonna get to the good news in a minute. Here's some good news that we believe firmly and deeply here. And what I believe this text even kind of frames it up as. You can choose on which path you walk. You get to choose which path you walk on. You can choose to, to walk in the counsel of the wicked. You can choose to stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. Or you can choose by the spirit of God that lives in those of, who are children of God, you can choose to delight yourself in the Lord. That's a choice that you can, can, can say, today I choose the path that will bring satisfaction or today I'm going to reject the path that I have followed all along that has only continually let me down. Let me tell you this, it won't be easy. It's not gonna be easy to, to, put, to put some things to death in your life, which, hey, if, if you're like, I'm not sure if like, you can choose this or not, then go to the epistles and see what Paul says. Put off what is earthly in you and put on then what is, what is godly. Put these things away and put on these things. It won't be easy. You'll likely have to cut some things out. You'll have to refuse to let the anger and the outrage of the voices around you influence you the way that they have. You'll have to be active in this. Ultimately, though, here's what gospel-formed people are shaped and fueled by. And, and, and if, if this feels heavy and it feels like burdensome, can I tell you what gospel-formed people are shaped by? Gospel-formed people are shaped by the truth of the gospel that Jesus was obedient to the right path, that Jesus was the man who this is, ultimately explains, that, that the Psalms point to Jesus, just as Jonah, guess what? Jonah points to Jesus. The Psalms point to Jesus. The, the man that this is ultimately describing is not you or me, the perfection that we have in following this path, but it is Jesus's obedience to this path. Is that not amazing? That Jesus was obedient to this path. That Jesus is the one who delighted himself in the law of the Lord. And guess what? Man, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm sure there were some day, I don't know, Jesus was, was fully, God, fully God, but fully man. Like, I wonder if Jesus like woke up some days and he just didn't want to be in the word. I don't know. Like, I know that that's where I'm at. I don't think that, I'm not preaching that. I just take that back. Take that back. I don't know. 
But what I do know is that Jesus was fully God and he was fully man and he obeyed the law and he delighted himself in the law of the Lord. And ultimately, what we do know is this, is that Jesus willingly chose this path. He didn't choose it just because he was God, which he was, but Jesus willingly chose it. Jesus was faced with temptation in the desert, and he willingly chose, I will not keep company with Satan. I will not jump into what Satan is offering me. I will delight myself in the law of the Lord. Jesus willingly chose this, even though, as Hebrews 4.15 tells us, that he was tempted in every way that we are. Man, can I just tell you, like, there were, there were, there were people around Jesus who Jesus could have slapped. Like, there were people around Jesus that, that he could have, like, avoided. There were, there were people in the life of Jesus who, man, if not for the willful obedience of Jesus, he could have been disobedient. But Jesus was, was obedient. And, and, and the scriptures would go even further and say he was obedient, not only in life, but even to the point of death. Death on a cross. And so church family, I, I think it's important for us, as, as, as shallow as we have gone just in these two verses, I think it is so important for us to, to just realize, and this isn't all a, a sermon about like our Grace Harbor's mission statement, but, it, but in some ways it is, because it's not just a mission statement, it's who we desire to be. That we desire to be a, a family formed by the gospel on mission together that we would not be formed by pragmatism or practicality, that we would not be, f- be f- uh, formed by the things of the world, but that we would be formed by the gospel of Jesus and that we would be salt and light in this city and in this world because we are a gospel-formed people, that we are a people on the path of righteousness because of what Christ has done for us, that we have chosen to follow Jesus and said, I will follow Jesus with everything. And we would, we would repent. We would, we would practice repentance in those ways where we have not given it all to Jesus. Hey, guess what? We've all got a little bit of repenting to do. Like, you're like, well, I'm already saved. Well, guess what? Like, the, the whole of the Christian life is one of repentance. That we would wake up every day and say, say Lord, I, I know that I'm, I'm a sinner. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the work being finished and being completed. But, but Lord, I need your mercy and your grace today. I need the gospel as much. People, church family, here's, here's the thing. I need the gospel more today than, than I did when I was 14 years old, I feel like. I feel like, yeah, people, you're like, amen, like, Lord, help me because I'm gonna slap somebody. You need the gospel. We need the gospel today. So may we be a gospel-formed family on mission together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that that you have made a way for us to, to know you and to have peace with you and to also be a people who would be formed by what would bring the most satisfaction to us. And Lord, we, we don't only trust the gospel because of, of, of what we get from it. Um, we don't only trust in you because our life will be great. Um, we trust in you because it's, it's, it's the only place where our hearts can experience the satisfaction that all of our hearts long for. Lord, we are a, a group of people in this room today 
who know what it, what it is like to live dissatisfied, to long for something deeper and greater and bigger and to completely miss the truth of the gospel, that there is fullness of, of joy, there is fullness of life, there is fullness of satisfaction in simply being with Jesus and being a friend of Jesus and being saved by Jesus. And so, Lord, may we be ruthless and may we be even violent towards those things within our hearts and our minds that, that seek to, to pull us away from the satisfaction that you are offering us and following you. May we choose what is right by your spirit. We know that your spirit is within us and we, we claim the, the truth and the promise of 2 Peter who, 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 who tells us that because of the spirit of God that, that we have everything that we need for life and for godliness because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And so may we reject the lie that, that, that we are stuck. May we reject the lie that we are helpless. And may we acknowledge that the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, who your word tells us enables us to seek what is right, to do what is right, and to, and to obey and follow the ways that you have called us to obey you and follow you. Lord, thank you for this church and, and thank you even now for, for the opportunity that we have to, to share in this meal together, um, proclaiming that, that we come to you empty-handed and we walk away with hands full. And so, so Lord, may we just rejoice in that and worship from that this morning. We pray these things in your name, amen.